Welcome in to another new Codings Pro podcast. I'm your host, Ben DuBose, news editor with the AMP Publications team. Today, we're joined by Stephanie Chizik, editor-in-chief of Codings Pro magazine. Stephanie was part of our team on-site at the 2024 World of Concrete show last week in Las Vegas. So in today's episode, we're going to run through some of the key themes from that event, as well as some of the important takeaways for Codings professionals. Stephanie, thanks for taking the time. Um, Have you recovered yet? I know World of Concrete is a pretty exhausting show simply based on how massive it all is. It is, yeah. Uh, I have recovered. It took a few days. Oh, luckily, there was a weekend after that. Uh, right. I think one day I walked 14,000 steps just purely based on like going to and from the booth. So that was a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And there's three exhibit halls, basically. I mean, it's it's just monumental. I guess a good place to start. Just explain to our audience, for those unaware, what is World of Concrete? Why is it so important? From a 30,000-foot view, where it fits within the coatings niche and beyond just the coatings industry, what is it about World of Concrete that's unique as a trade show? Sure. So I would say, just to start off, the thing that's most unique about it is the size of it, like you said. So it's the biggest show that we go to as Coatings Pro. It is a annual conference that takes place, conference and expo. The main part that I take place with is or, or participate with is the expo portion of it. Um, which just it means like the booths and the um, demonstrations. There's three halls inside, and then there's two areas outside where they're doing competitions and demonstrations and those kinds of things. Um, it's for any contractor working in commercial concrete. So for us, that means people who are applying coatings to like a concrete floor or maybe, um, you know, a below grade on a commercial building or something like that. So anything concrete related, there isn't really something in the same vein in any of the other industries that we touch. So it's pretty unique in that aspect as well. But we are we are a bit of a sliver within that. So we, we like to um, talk and network with the coating manufacturers, surface prep people, the safety people, I'm trying to think of anyone. Like there's there are also some people who present there who are coating failure um, consultants. So they'll kind of discuss why maybe coating failures took place on concrete. A lot of times it has to do with moisture. So it's always in Vegas. At least it has been the entire time that I've been going. It's in its 50th year. So it's it's pretty established as far as that goes. And from what I've heard, there are only two other conferences that are larger than it that take place in, in Vegas, at least. And Vegas is one of the only towns that can handle a conference of this size in the United States. Um, and that is the builder's show and the there's an equi- um, an electronics show. So it's pretty sizable for us and just in general for the kind of, you know, conferences world, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I've been a few times and it is by far the biggest I've ever been to just mm-hmm. the sheer scope of it because it really goes beyond coatings, I think. Oh, yeah. So certainly coatings play a role when you're looking at protecting concrete substrates, but really it's anything to do with the concrete industry, right? Yeah. So it could be like polishing. Um, it could be the creation of the concrete. So additives into the concrete equipment that, you know, when you see those trucks going down the highway that are like constantly rotating or oscillating, I'm not quite sure what, (laughs) what direction they're going, but it's keeping the concrete moving. So Mm -hmm. anything kind of from start to finish, even before you lay the concrete, sometimes you want to put down, you know, like a, um, a 
vapor barrier sheet for lack of or, or film or something you know anyone in that kind of concrete realm applies to the world yep. of concrete and then for us as a magazine i know we know the answer to this but for the benefit of our audience uh just explain if you could why it's important to be on site and what the benefits are for us as a publication from being able to network in person and talk to some of these people that we use as SMEs, as leads for any number of purposes in Codings Pro. Just explain the correlation between our presence on site and what that allows us to do as a magazine down the line. So it's it's a there's a couple different legs to it. Um, the one piece would be that it's brand awareness, and I would say that for anyone who's Sure. going to have a booth at World of Concrete it, is that you are trying to make sure that anyone who's not aware of you or hasn't seen you in a while or what have you is aware that you're there. So we try to make our presence known in the sense of we want people to know who fit within that the niche of the coatings aspect of the concrete world, um, see us as a resource, know that we're even there. You know, we've been around for 20 years, so we've been around for quite a while, but there are still a lot of people in the industry who have not heard of us yet. So um, that that's number one. Um, and, and with that, I would say you could dovetail in the, the subscriptions. So sure. if you're not aware of Coatings Pro and you want to subscribe, then that gives them an opportunity to do that then and there. Um, the other piece is what you touched on too is for us on the editorial side in particular i would say is that we try to make sure that we just like the attendees are finding out anything that's new um, and that's happening in the industry that we want to share with our readers so um, if there's a new piece of equipment if there's a new coding technology if there are new issues and challenges um, coming from the manufacturers or the smes we want to make sure that we can relay those to our readers and then on the exact opposite kind of funnel is that if we can talk to the people who are attending and hear any of their challenges and pain points that are going on right now in the industry, meaning like the contractors, the readers, the potential readers, you know, those, those kinds of people. Sure. Um, what can we hear from them that we could potentially help solve or kind of connect the dots between a challenge on the workplace and maybe a, an SME who can help kind of give them offer solutions or give them ideas? So with that in mind, could you give us sort of a day in the life as far as what it's like being out there? Because obviously you're on the show floor for a lot of hours during the day, but it's not just manning the Codings Pro booth or going to other booths. There's also a lot of networking events in town. There's coffees, there's lunches, there's a lot of different ways in which you can get together and make those connections. I know you mentioned earlier the 14,000 steps in a day, which definitely speaks to how busy it is, how active it is, and the number of things going on. Just walk us through from when you wake up to when you eventually go to bed, what it's like being out there and why it's such an intense experience. Yeah, so um, it starts with turning the lights on at the booth, I would say. Um, sure. And and I, I will say just so that everyone knows, you know, we have a full team that kind of helps us do everything at all conferences, but World of Concrete in particular. So there's an editorial team, there's a marketing team, there's a sales team. You know, we've got a, a slew of people who help us to kind of identify these different tracks, so to speak, that we need to kind of go down and then make sure that all of those um, needs are being met. Um, so for me, I help kind of get to the show early. Um, a lot of times I'll go to education sessions and, and try to learn more that I can share with our readers and also connect with those SMEs who are presenting. Um, 
I will say just as a caveat, this year, the traffic to get from the hotels to the conference was insane. And the only reason I even mentioned that is because one of the things that we kept hearing over and over again was the World of Concrete this year was so well attended, even better than the pre-pandemic years. It just mm. it, it like it's wow. really bounced back in a sense. Not that it really did, you know, didn't what's the opposite of that? It didn't bounce down. Um, but um it just felt really there were so many people, it felt really exciting and there were a lot of um kind of a great vibe going on there. So anyway, back to the day in the life. Um, turning on the lights, kind of getting things going, setting the scene for the rest of the day. Um, and then you're yeah, just walking around. Um, I either have sessions to meet with um our vendors that we work with. So going to look at their booths and talking to them. This year we had someone join us whose sole purpose was to work with um, video. And so he would kind of come with me to these meetings and take video of our uh, the booths that we were attending and kind of capture any sort of new technology, new offerings, products, what have you to share with our readers. So the, the main goal that I have and that our video person has is to make sure that whatever's going on at World of Concrete, we're kind of there on behalf of the reader. And so if there's something new or something that that needs to be of note, that we want to share that with them in some capacity, whether it's an article or social media or something like that. So and then in the evenings after the, sh the so the show this year, and I think last year too, every single day was from 930 a.m. to 5 p.m. So the floor was open for quite a, a long time. Um, I would do some booth duty and, you know, try to chat with people who are walking through the hallways um, again to kind of get a sense of what's going on in the industry from the contractor's point of view and um, talk with people who I known in the past. We actually had someone this year, one of the um, one of our uh, contractors we work with pretty regularly was on the January cover shot and the guy who was actually doing the coding kind of reenacted the picture from the cover. So that was that was a fun experience to have. Yeah, and absolutely. Then, yeah, it's nice to connect with the readers. So, um, And then in the evenings, we go to those events you're talking about. So there are some sponsored events that give us an opportunity to, again, just kind of continue to mingle with the contractors and the vendors to see if there's um, any opportunities for collaboration. So it's for me, it's all about absorbing as much information as I can and then kind of connecting those dots wherever I can. So as far as the booths and things going on at the exhibit hall, we should mention that there's three interior exhibit halls, and then there's an outdoor area as well, where there's lots of louder, bigger, the types of concrete events that you can't actually do or probably shouldn't do, at least from a noise <laughs> perspective, in an <laughs> exhibit hall. I think those are some of the more memorable. You've got trial racing. You've got mm -hmm. all sorts of competitions going on with masonry. And we actually spotlighted a number of those on our Codings Pro social media pages, be it Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. If you go to Codings Pro Magazine on your platform of choice, you can probably see some of those wrap-up videos that our team put together each day. Was there anything at World of Concrete itself that was particularly memorable that really stood out about this year's show as far as the stuff that was going on, simply just from an entertainment and, I suppose, eyeballs perspective? Yeah, the most entertaining things that I saw this year was, and we, and um, Aaron got a video of a couple of them, I think from day two, if you're going to look at the previous um, videos that he posted on our social media, there was like a, a robot that, that they were able to kind of move around and walk over and around things. And then there was, um, there was a 
cat of some sort, like a um, like a mountain cat, like a mountain lion or something like that, completely made out of parts and pieces that were metal. That was kind of interesting to look at. Um, another funny thing, the first day, uh, so Monday you kind of set the booth up and everything. And so it's kind of mayhem of people just trying to make sure that they've got all their right. equipment and what, what have you. We were in Southall, walking towards Southall, and there was a forklift carrying this very large boot, like, um, you know, construction boot into to a different hall. So it was just funny to see kind of a, a huge boot flying through the air. That was another. Right. <laughs> um, that's the biggest one that I can think of. I, we also this year, I didn't notice in previous years, this year in the at the end of the South Hall, and it was quite loud. So to your point, they I think that's one of the reasons they don't do a lot of those types of competitions and demonstrations inside. It was a scaffolding competition where they were taking down the scaffolding as, from what I could tell, mm. as quickly as possible. And so there was like, a, I want to say eight different teams, maybe 10, and there were scaffold judges and they were watching these crews disassemble, disassemble the scaffolding as quickly and I'm sure as safely as possible. So that was interesting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to underscore that's a good example of something that while not directly related to coatings, I'm sure a lot of the things that our listeners may initially think of are coating products that are applied to concrete substrates. But there's also a lot of things that are just that are just on a tangential level related to protective coatings and these projects, such as scaffolding, which a contractor would potentially use when they're working on the coating of a concrete substrate or some other substrate. Basically, there's a lot of things beyond just the coatings or the tools themselves. There's a lot of, I guess, infrastructure type items that a show like this can really spotlight that potentially have relevance to our audience, even if you don't think of them immediately, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of opportunity for, you know, those types of things, not so much the scaffolding, but I remember one year seeing um, a tarp, for example, that was used for... Right waste or something like that and i was like well, that's interesting because you could also use that tarp for like removing the uh rooftop equipment or not um debris or something like that. you know what i mean like you can see these things and it come from your angle and maybe look at them in a different light that you may not have thought of before but just being mm -hmm. around them kind of makes you think of like oh huh i wonder if that could be used in the coding right. world if, exactly. if you're coming from the coding world yeah yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Things that aren't necessarily the primary scope of a coatings project that a reader or listener might initially think of, but something that absolutely does have relevance to our contractors and other professionals throughout the industry. And so that's why this show is so important because it covers so many different niches that, if not directly, can certainly apply to a coatings contractor or a coatings professional on some level. As far as the things that are being talked about when you're having these conversations at the Coding Spur booth, at a different exhibitor booth, at a networking event that you go to, are there any common themes or pain points that people are talking about? I would say this year I, I have not heard as much talk about like the labor shortages, although I don't think that that's because it's not there. I think it's just that it's sort of the way of the world right now. So it's not it's baked in. Exactly. Um, People are still really trying to create equipment and materials that are more efficient and easier to use, safer to use. So I would say that's another piece of it. Um, for example, if you're using a tool, could it be cordless? 
um, or completely electric as opposed to gas? Um, could you, you have an easier way to maneuver it from an ergon ergonomic, is that the word? <laughs> it, from like a standpoint of, um, you know, even just like we we interviewed the people at Warner Co. at one point and got a video of they have a new table that's on wheels. A cart is a better way of saying it called Knack. And they create it in a way that, you know, it's 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 easier to push. So it's it probably hurts the, the workers less and kind of like, you know, it's less of wear and tear on the person's body. So anything like that that can be kind of pushing the industry forward seems to be really useful. Um, any other pain points? Uh, you know, I just think this again, the same thing about the silica standards and the silica challenges. That's another thing to me that's like we didn't really hear much about that, which is kind of to me of note, like when you don't hear about things, sure. too, it's it's another indication of kind of what what's happening with the industry. I think that that's there's been enough time now since that's passed that people are kind of again, it's baked in. Like you said, that was a perfect way of saying that. Um, so safety and the economics of things and kind of, you know, uh, what's 2024 going to look like as far as the infrastructure bill that came out? So is that going to affect things in a positive way? Is there, you know, is there, are there going to be shortages from a labor standpoint or a material standpoint? So um, I think because World of Concrete happened so early in the year, it's interesting because it's, it's um, not a lot of things yet have sort of developed within the new fiscal year so it's interesting yeah. to kind of watch how that plays out throughout the upcoming year yeah absolutely it feels like at least the times i've been there setting the agenda because you're doing it in january each year and it's always interesting the reason i ask you about the discussions a lot of the technologies i'm not going to say that there's nothing new because clearly there is but a show in 2024 might not be dramatically different than 2023 and the one next January in 2025 may not be all that different than 2024 in terms of the technologies. However, when you actually get to talking to people about what's going on on the ground and what their outlook is, that's where you see value in coming back every single year. Even if there's not that many new technologies, there is going to be a new perspective. And so it sounds like for 2024, the labor shortage being a bit more baked in, less on the forefront of people's minds. That's something that's new this year relative to a year ago. Was there anything else you picked up on that this year felt a little bit different than a year ago? Basically just trying to make the the case for why there's value in coming back every year and learning how that particular year is different than the one before it, or probably the one that's going to be a year from now. Yeah, I mean, you just made me think too. You're right as far as what I can tell about the maybe the hardware, but the software seems to be rapidly changing sure, in the industry. Sure. That to me is the biggest change that's been happening more recently. Um, so you think about that companies have maybe new apps that are helping to identify, even from a coding standpoint. So if you're using a coding that has an A part and a B part, um, you can really dial in exactly how that is or is not working in the way that you want it to be now that you have this this newer software, as opposed to maybe having someone just kind of look at the barrels and being like, well, we should have used this much more of A, why aren't we? So that's been interesting. I'm trying to think, yeah, I mean, I feel like the biggest draw to me to go every year, and I guess there's a case if you don't wanna necessarily go every year to kind of skip through the changes, but from what I understand, 
there's there's enough because the show is so large the chances of you like you know throwing a pebble and hitting something that's new that year are really high it's either that or it's just making those connections so to me it's all about the networking and the relationships that you build you never know kind of who can help you on the next job that you may have where there's a challenge you've never experienced before and now you've met this person who has experience sure. or is more experienced than you are or works in a different area of the world or country than you do. Um, and so kind of just like growing and building your network in that sense. Um, there are also changes going on as far as uh, companies that are merging or, um, you know, joining each other in some capacity. So that could see changes either in the short or longer term as far as a brand standpoint, for sure, but maybe even like a chemical makeup of the, the coatings that you're used to using. Um, but yeah, for me, it's the relationship building that's that's really worth coming back to World of Concrete every year. Yeah. I know in your role as editor-in-chief of a magazine, it's largely you trying to learn what's going on in the industry by asking people what they're seeing and getting their perspective. But I also know that, at least to some degree, people are trying to pick your brain as well, be it trying to potentially get exposure in the magazine or simply looking at you as something of a thought leader, someone who runs their own industry publication and thus has valuable insight and trying to see if there's information you have that might benefit them. So these conversations are a two-way street, even if I know the primary focus for you is trying to learn from people out in the field what's going on. Were there any common questions that you got when people were speaking to you about, be it the magazine, any industry issues, what were some of those conversations like when people in the industry were trying to ask you questions about what you're seeing, be it with the magazine or anything else related to the industry? I mean, you'll probably appreciate this. The first question a lot of times we get from people who don't know who we are is, uh, what coatings do you sell? So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. number number one is um, we are a magazine that shares information. So that's always our our main goal in life is to make sure that the right information is getting into the hands of people who need and want it. So the next question I usually get is if it's someone who knows us, um, you know, how, well, how can I be featured in the magazine? And so I always say, you know, it's not, we're not looking for a specific size project. We're not looking for a specific, you know, region or area or type or what have you. It really is. We're looking for successful coding projects to be able to share with our readers in either a commercial or an industrial area on concrete of course so world of concrete steel or rooftops so uh photos are the hardest part to get once a project's done i always say you, know, you can't go back and take them so i um, kind of encourage people to take high-res photos either on their cell phone or a digital camera um safe practices is always a, a big piece of that as well um and then you know people just want to know how they can subscribe and it's a free subscription. You can sign up online if you want, you know, codingspromag.com. You can sign up right then and there if you're at one of the conferences that we go to, obviously, including World of Concrete. Um, and we're always open to ideas or feedback. So that's the other piece of it, too. You're right. It's it's definitely it's a it's a two way street. So we want to share information, but we also want to get information. So if yeah. there's something that we could be doing better or more often or what have you, then uh, we would really need to know that in order to make that happen so yeah i mean i think those are the those are the big ones um, yeah with that in mind i know 
that World of Concrete, while it's the biggest show, it's not the only show. You're going to be having some of these conversations, albeit a different niche of the coatings industry, if you will, at other shows in the coming weeks. I know there's the International Roofing Expo. There's the AMP Annual Conference and Expo in early March. This is basically trade show season, and it sort of makes sense. A lot of these shows happen at the start of a year, and a lot of the discussions are about sort of setting the agenda and the expectations for what's to come and building those relationships that people can then call back on throughout the year as they're going through a project or in our case as a publication as we're putting together issues and trying to talk about what's going on in the industry out in the field and so on and so forth just walk us through what else is coming up on the trade show front what the niches of those shows are who the attendees are and what we're trying to do with our presence there yes so you just hit the nail on the head i mean codings pro is a sliver of a project. So just like, you know, a coding's person on the job site, we are a sliver of a conference. So the next one that I will go to on is on Monday, actually, is the Roofing Expo. And it's the exact same kind of idea as World of Concrete. So it's all things roofing, it from residential shingles to solar panels to those coatings on like flat, you know, low slope roofs or something like that. Um, equipment, safety, a lot of safety, obviously, there some safety demonstrations usually as well. So that one's the next one I go to. Um, and then the AMP annual conference, same thing. We're, we are a sliver of the sort of um, corrosion control materials protection industry, um, coatings is, that is, I mean. So there are other shows that the magazine will go to throughout the year, meaning like we'll have the magazine at a publication sure. bin or at the AMP booth, but um, that coatings pro doesn't necessarily go to specifically. So. Even though even the shows that we can't go to for whatever reason, for example, we can't go to a spray foam show this year because it's the exact same week as AMP annual. So um, the magazine will be there, but we will unfortunately not be able to make it this year. So, you know, and and we're trying to kind of do the same thing that we did at World of Concrete. It's just a different section of the industry. You know, Coatings Pro is unique because we're all coatings basically all the time. Right, right. And that's just not the same that could be said of. The roofing industry, for example, like the roofing industry is not all coatings all the time. There are so many other solutions out there. And we want to make sure that we're speaking directly to the folks who are in the high performance coatings world in that slice of the industry. So we yep. we try to do that, you know, at the conference as well as as in the magazine. As we wind down, we're talking with Stephanie Chizik, editor in chief of Coatings Pro Magazine. If someone's unable to attend one of these shows, but still wants to contribute or just seek out your perspective, reach out to you about a case study or anything else pertaining to the coatings industry and what we cover at Coatings for Magazine, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you, start that dialogue? If they're unable to have that in-person conversation, what are other ways they can potentially get in touch with you and be a partner with us at Coatings Pro? I would say the easiest way would be either email, which you can certainly email me directly, but I also get the editor at codingspromag.com and info at codingspromag.com. Yep. Those are much shorter and easier than my name. Or the, uh, secondarily, I would say social media is a great way to connect with us. So if you have a project that you want to just share with us on sh social media, you can share that post. Um, if you want to comment on one of our posts and say, hey, you know, like I've done a project that's just like this and I'd love to right. get it featured or what have you. We do have real people behind those 
those pages. So connect with us, connect with us there. That would be really helpful as well. Good to know. All right. Well, we will wrap it here for Stephanie Chesick. I'm Ben DuBose. We appreciate all of you so much for tuning in. And if you want more information from Codings Pro or just to check out our coverage of the industry, go to codingspromag.com. We have daily updates. And throughout these shows, you'll also see on the website and on our social media outlets. Again, we're on all the major platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter slash X. If you follow Codings Pro Magazine, you'll see a lot of our live coverage from these shows where we try and take you through. If you're unable to be on the ground in those cities, we can give you a high-level overview of what's going on throughout the week and in the months ahead in the various magazines and outlets that we have, both digital and in print. We'll have follow-up coverage as we try to leverage these connections and these conversations into better editorial opportunities down the road. Again, the easiest place to take advantage of all those resources to get started, codingsformag.com. You can see our digital coverage, and you can also see links to the uh, digital version of our print issues where we have lots of in-depth coverage based on the conversations that we've had at these various shows. All right, that'll do it for today. Again, for Stephanie, I'm Ben. Thanks, as always, for listening, and please come back soon for another new episode of the Codings Pro interview series. Thanks, Ben.